So then I just, uh, uh, and I ran out of the room into the bathroom and I'm pointing it down into the toilet, like <laughs> trying to milk it into there, like, <laughs> and trying to shoot a wee out. I was trying to like engage the wee at the same time, which is definitely not what you want to do because it's two competing little, you know, flows. And I'm like, <laughs> Send ship, we're back. Um, come rain or shine, come second lockdown or whatever's going on. Um, episode 54, this nice uh, Sunday, October 18th morning. What are you up to? Um, fancy just having me speaking to you whilst you're doing whatever you're doing? Because if you don't, you're gonna have to turn this off. You good? I'm alright. I can't. I can't complain, man. Like, uh, I mean, no one should really complain. If you've got time to chill on Sunday, you know, you're not fighting for your life. You, you've got ears and legs and shit. Even if you've not got those things, let's not complain so much, eh? Real preachy start this episode. Maybe I'll. Uh, well, sometimes I, I restart them if. Uh, if I start with something terrible, but not this time. Um, what's going on with all the, uh, I don't even know the rules. Like I try and stay off the news to be honest, but yeah, what's going on with this whole tiered um, lockdown thing that's going on? God knows what the fuck's going on. It's a, it's a blag in it really. But if you'd like some, uh, let, I'm not going to get into that. That's what I'll promise you. You might be sick of hearing about that from everyone else. A lot of people just, uh, yeah, I've got a bunch of mates on Facebook, um, just addicted to just posting, you know, either really political stuff, really, uh, you know, just just trying to get people to kick off and, and just go, yeah, all oh, stupid, the people that don't believe what you've just said, that we believe, everyone else, fuck those guys. And yeah, it's just so many of them. Uh, I shan't be doing it. This is just for a little bit of uh, lowbrow chit-chat, a little company, and a break from all that. So there'll be no uh, politics. There'll be no adverts either. So if you thought there were superior podcasts you might choose from, incorrect. Um, Yeah, (laughs) maybe I should be doing that because i got next to no money right now. And... uh, because of uh, every, you know, everything. <laughs> so maybe I should be running ads, but no. I always think of ads like, um, you know, especially say if you're listening to music. So I don't pay for Spotify, right? Um, and I'll try and listen to a tune, and then you, and then some like ridiculous like. Have you heard the NHS app ad is on all the time everywhere, and it's that comes on, and then I'm like, oh, I'm not really in the mood for the. I had a craving for a specific tune and then the thunk thunk and I'm just like, oh, fuck, I'll just won't listen to anything then. It's like you're about to sit down for a, a wonderful banquet and then someone comes over and goes and just crams a Turkish delight in your gob and you're like, oh, and then you're like, well, the taste is sort of, you sort of spoiled my appetite now. So I'll, I should be doing no ads. Um, but I've not prepared much to speak about 
in in the way of uh, alternatives to politics. So I'll have to think. I, all, all I will say on it is obviously like a couple of days ago. Um, so I'm I'm in Manchester. If you're not in or I don't know where people are listening from actually, right right in below the video. And let me know. Um, but yeah, I'm based in uh, just outside of Manchester. So in the Greater Manchester area in the UK, England, and. Uh, what, I'm sure something happened this. I, I I really do try and not stay abreast of it all. To be fair, but um, I'm sure Bojo said some shit like, uh, "Yeah, Manchester, get it, get it locked down, mate. Everyone should be." Uh, and then uh, was it Andy Burnham? I know so little about politics. It's probably refreshing to many of you, to the, you know, average Joe Everyman, just like, "Yeah, I don't fucking know what's going on either," but. From what I understand, Boris Johnson went, hey, stop it off up there. And Andy Burnham, was it? Or just the, you know, the the men in the north went, no, we won't do it. You shall have to come and make us. And I honestly, I've been watching loads of Lord of the Rings actually recently just to like kill time. And I think that had been like subconscious, because I'm watching it in bed. I think, yeah, you've got to watch... You've got to uh, be vigilant, got to be careful what it is that you're taking into your brain, your consciousness, as you drift off into sleep. Because, um, yeah, they say they say that's where you will unpack, say if you're studying for something back in school, college, uni, that's as you sleep. If you, you know, I don't think it's best to study late at night, but the sleep in itself sort of shelves and orders and categorizes everything that you've learned. And that's what, you know, leads to the dreams a lot of the time is like an abstract there's a, a bunch of schools of thought on it, but I think, yeah, dreaming is a way of sort of filing all of this information a little bit. And uh, I've been watching loads of Lord of the Rings, the extended cuts as well, which are like over four hours long. And all this is to say that when I heard the news about like Manchester is refusing to do what the prime minister says, is he the prime minister? I think he is. Boris Johnson's the prime minister, right? Um, but I was like, yeah. I'll fuck it. I just thought I'm gonna go in the street and march. I'm gonna. Does, does there need to be a a march? I'll do it. And I don't mean a protest. I mean we'll march down to London and we'll with swords. That's what I was thinking. I was expecting to just go out and hear like, and then just like. Let me take a sip of this lovely Sunday morning orange juice. I've been. Um, I've been trying to go gym more recently, so hopefully that's allowed to continue. Um, it's fucking medicine gym. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't um, sing its praises enough. I know to people that are not into gym, they're just like, Ugh, that's some shit. That's not, it's not for me that. It's for everyone. It's a requisite. You must, I urge you to do some form of exercise. It's just <laughs> critical to, yeah, body being right and your head being right I don't want to get preachy and be all like you know telling you to have a certain diet anything at like it's here's how I'll put it to you it's free drugs that's what going to the gym is instead of your antidepressants I'm not saying don't take your antidepressants I'm saying you know even people um you know some of, some of the time the things that you're eating things that you watch everything in your life is just for a lot of people this attempt to um you know, bring comfort to them in any moment of, you know, just having to end your life, especially in lockdown, right? Um, and I would say, 
Jim fixes it. Forget Jim. Running outside, walking outside. Go on a nice long walk. Get your favourite album on and just go for a two-hour walk. A long walk. But go on a 50... If you're old, I don't know. Again, I don't know who's watching. If you're a, an older person, you can't be doing exercise so much. Literally potter about in the garden. Just go out, see some green, get some vitamin D. And just move around instead of just sitting. You feel me? But... um. Yeah, oh, by the way, yeah, there was a guy in the gym today. I just want to say to that guy, fuck you, guy. Fuck you. There was some dude in there at the lockers. So, like, my gym's like a 24-hour gym, um, and you just, like, buzz in. And there's, like, one little lockers at the back. It's like a cheap, it's like a shit little gym, right? Um, and then, so the, the lockers are maybe the size of this treehouse, just, like, across. So, you know, like, two, three by ten. And then it's one at a time, right? Because the sign says like, one at a time, please, for social distancing measures. And the dude just real, really takes the piss. He's like putting his shoe, like putting each shoe on and then looking in each pocket. And I, I honestly, it was in my mind, I don't know if people have this paranoid thought sometimes, I was like, this has got to be a prank show for the amount of time that he was taking. He's like putting things in the locker, then like remembering and getting the thing back out of the locker. And my blood's like, coming up I can I'm, lit, I'm not seeing red but I was like you know if I was a cartoon then the kettle steam would have been coming out of my ears and I had headphones on and I actually batted them off because I was about to make you know a move towards him just like hey man what are you doing do you mind moving out of the way while you're just like unzipping your bag and like checking that your mask is folded and all this nonsense and then in that moment as I bat he, he sort of seemed to become aware that I was uh, getting frustrated so he oh let me but that, I was wrong. He was just, I'll do a little circle and then continue what I'm doing. And then I, I was like, I can't let myself, I'm malfunctioning here right now. So I calmed down. But yeah, I nearly had a, <laughs> just, yeah, I nearly fucking had an altercation with a guy. I, I said, <laughs> it's like when uh, yeah, I would have kicked off with him then. And then all they did was just go like, but it, it's uh, in polite British etiquette and discourse, that's, that's a an orange warning in it. That's an, a level two tier anger. I think I think I whispered under my breath, Jesus Christ. That's as far as I went. But he narrowly avoided a beating. Let me tell you. Everyone at the gym as well is like. Uh, I totally understand. By the way, like, I'm. I don't know if where everyone else stands on it with um, you know COVID compliancy. But. Full support of whatever makes everyone feel comfortable. I think right now the prevailing science, the consensus on it is that surfaces are not really the culprit for transmitting COVID, right? It's an airborne thing. You know, I'm willing to eat my words on that if it seems, uh, you know, research indicates that that's no longer the case. That appears to be the case right now. So... This rule that they've got at a lot of places is performative, I would say. It's theatrical, just at restaurants doing a deep clean of everything. It's just to make everyone feel okay. So think about what that means. It's like everyone believes some something that's not easily proven. It it's, doesn't seem to be indicated by the facts. And, and then businesses, loads of just, um, you know, infrastructural changes uh, are being put in place because people believe a falsehood odd isn't it but yeah at the gym everyone's just 
spraying down all the equipment and you sort of wait and that's and then they get a piece of paper and then they spray spraying the actual like the handle spraying it and then like sometimes not even wiping it down so it's just like dripping wet and then i've got to wipe it down anyway it's just um i'm i'm not saying don't, you gotta wear a mask it's stupid you should be able to do whatever you want the world's gone to shit let's um i've said this if you want to consult um earlier episodes i think i did one when like covid first kicked off or first lockdown or something i can't remember but yeah i've been saying let's not panic hey just i'll wear a mask if i've got to go in a shop like yeah the the people that refuse to wear masks that's equally ridiculous but um i don't feel for them as much as i feel for the people who are just letting fear of this thing like rule over them and i was pretty ocd before um you know, before all this shit, you know, people, it's weird, people are somewhat less OCD about things they ought to be, um, you know, people with fucking chest infections and sneezes, you know, like other illnesses perhaps are like wearing masks and then just, <laughs> you and then, oh, it's okay, I, I wore, I'm, we're doing social distancing though, so I'm allowed to sneeze, and, it, and it's like, let's have some common decency though, some decorum like some self-awareness, like you can still spread other illness. There's not just one illness now. All the other illnesses are still there, flu and shit. But again, with any of them, it's, you know, it's it's all good. Don't freak out, but um, I don't know where I'm going with it, to be honest. I definitely get it. I'm, I'm pretty OCD with, uh, I got a, a dog came up to me on one of my long walks the other day and I fucking hate dogs because they, they just, and they just, come at you and their little claws jabbing in you and they're just heavy and and then the owner's like don't wear it and you're just like i'm not worried i'm close to booting your dog's head off so you better come and fetch him eh and then so this like horrible massive dog cut and then i, I never know what to do because if you don't do anything it just like runs with its head right into your knob or just starts like sniffing your leg or trying to interfere with and you're just like so i i give it this Normally what I do is I'll just give it the back of the hand, not something that I'm going to want to eat with, potentially, if I get a snack or whatever, I don't know. So I just sort of, I give it like a very soft little like shove with the back of my hand. And I had these gloves on this time. Um, so I've got these like um, woolen gloves on. It's getting a bit colder these days. And this dog comes up to me and I literally just gave it a little, huh? you know, just like, ha, I acknowledge that you're present and now you must leave. You know, just boop, just a boop. A second I touched it for. And then the guy's like, ooh, ooh, and I was like, ha, ha, ha. And then I smelled the glove, just pure cheese. It was as if the dog was coated in like a, a cheese oil. The, like how little I'd had to touch it and how strong the, the effect was. And I'm, oh, God. So I'm, I actually literally started rubbing it in like dewy grass and on my pants and shit like, oh, God. And then, oh, my, that is awful. And I just had to take it off. I was smelling the waft as I'm walking. I peel the gloves off. I stick them in the wash. I get them out of the wash. It's still, I'm gonna have to bin the gloves. Like, if I see that guy when I'm walking, I'm gonna be like, hey, bro, your dog owes me some new gloves. <laughs> what else lately? Um, I've been watching a shit ton of um, films, like I say, the old, uh, Lord of the Rings are belting, aren't they? Um, what else have you been watching? Just fucking all of them, man. And podcasts as well. I think films are 
films are better than podcasts for escapism. I, th- I think as a form of um, consumable entertainment, maybe podcast is much more convenient for a modern lifestyle. You can be cooking and perhaps you're out on a walking one of your stinking dogs right now or at the gym on a commute or what have you. Um, and you can't always be doing a film as easily while you're doing any of that shit. You can't watch a film while you're driving unless you're a nutcase. Um, but a film is like um, transportive. It, you leave whatever's going, like you don't, a podcast is going on while you're just doing your life, but a film, your life has to pause, like yourself has to pause and then you're just in this world instead now and it's, <laughs> is that sad that that's my favourite shit, just watch films all the time. It's like, I don't hate my life if that's what you're wondering, but it's fucking film. It's something of a dying art form, is it now? Because there's streaming services, so there's no big screen action or incentive for a lot of filmmakers um, as much as there once was now. Um, Fuck, yeah, that's a sad thought. And, you know, people, yeah, people don't pay to go to the cinema as much. And that TV is much better now, so you, you want to break things up. You know, if there's a cool story, you might pitch it as a series rather than just like, just this big block of a, a one-off thing. I don't know. There's a good podcast that I listen to, uh, Films to be Buried With, if anyone knows that. Um, this comedian gets people in, um, Brett Goldstein, I think he's called, um, and he gets different guest every week and he'll get them to sort of explain their life through actually as a uh, let's see if you like I'll answer some of the if I can find some of the questions um, I'll answer some and then if that sounds at all interesting then I can guarantee you it's much better when he does it because it's like a professional comedian asking very interesting people um, it won't just be some dunce from Atherton answering them himself, asking them to himself and answering them himself. Let's see if I can find the questions. Um, um, is this awful podcasting to just be searching on my phone while you wait? I've got them anyway. Um, oh yeah, so he starts off with... Um, so he asks the guest, because the, the whole framing device of the show is that he asks the guest, uh, he says, you know, he just gets to, you know, chatting with them for five, ten minutes and then goes, oh, fuck. I should have told you this before you got in. And they go, what was up? And he goes, oh, oh, man, maybe we could start again. Oh, no, no, we'll just, well, might edit it out, but I, should, I definitely should have told you. And they're like, what is it? And he's like, oh, I don't know how to say it. I'm just going to have to say it. And they're like, what? And he goes, you've died. So films to be buried with is, um, yeah, it's sort of talking about what films do you take with you beyond the grave in a way. Um, so yeah, then they'll go, oh, and they'll, they'll, the penny will drop with them unless they already knew. And then they'll describe some elaborate and creative, you know, funny, humorous death, perhaps. Um, and then, yeah, I think he asks first if they believe in an afterlife. And then whatever they say, he goes, oh, well, you're right. Or, oh, you're wrong because there is a heaven and they want to know all about your life through films. 
I'm not getting paid to promote this film podcast. Maybe I should shut up about that and just crack on with the film chat. But anyway, that is the first question. Do you believe in an afterlife? And I don't. Um, I think, I don't know if this is sad to some people. I don't consider it that sad. But um, if there's a soul, if there's anything that would constitute a soul, something that inside you feels like a soul, that's just, um, well, this will sound ridiculous like some of the terms that I might use just coming from you know it's bro science as fuck but an emergent phenomenon and the byproduct of all the functions that your brain can do as a computer that's what I would say the soul is so it raises the weird question that like does a computer have a soul and I think yeah maybe it is maybe it feels a certain way to be a computer I don't know but um and I think that whatever that forms whatever constitutes that consciousness is sort of put out when you die i don't think it can survive the death of the brain i think if you bash someone's brain to bits they get less and less conscious don't they they don't go uh, 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 and then become like uh, and they're all like in a fucking coma and then when you get rid of the last part of the brain they go and then they're back to like healthy and you know like now they're in the oneness and they, they eat back in the ether as a fully conscious being i don't think it's like that i think it's just and that's not sad you were not sad to think of before you were born are you and it'd be similar to that however saying all that I do feel as if um, my f- my favourite thing, I mean, the reason that I do this podcast really is like I love connecting, conversation with people and I love that I, there's a chance I'm able to offer a, a proxy for that for people that are maybe on their own or lonely, right? I'm lonely all the fucking time. Like It's a very lonely condition being a human, isn't it? You are born into separate vessels, if you want to use spiritual terms, and then you always trying to interface with people and it's like if you don't agree or I don't know if, it, if you're not vibing on the same level it doesn't work and then when you do vibe with someone or maybe even if, if you're at a gig everyone's listening to the same tune you all agree with each other that's sharing a connection you're all on the same sort of wavelength at that time I really don't want to go off in a Russell Brandy sort of direction with airy you know fairy language but uh, yeah it's it feels good to connect and and to, I don't know, to interface with people. Um, and that feels a bit like souls coming together or it feels like the, the reason that you would feel lonely is because you are separate rather than, in a, you know, unified. So I can, I can see an argument. I, I won't really try and talk someone out of their ideas if they think that the afterlife is like just returning to... A oneness and be, becoming one with the universe and the, that feels a certain way you can experience that I just don't think that <laughs> at all <laughs> sorry um, but yeah they ask that first and then uh, I won't I won't answer all these I'll just pick like a few of these like several seven we'll pick, I'll pick seven of them um, what was the first film you ever saw um I think I think the first film I ever saw at the cinema was Lion King. Um, what film? Not not the best for tunes, or some of the best tunes in the top three, four maybe, with what like Beauty and the Beast. I don't know. So you know that era was all like the bangers for Disney, wasn't it? Like Frozen, Let It Go. It's not the same as Circle of Life, is it? Um, 
Maybe I'll put Lion King at number two behind Aladdin. They are the tunes. Robin Williams, big band, swingy sort of. That's the shit. Um, but yeah, I saw that first at the cinema. Um, I, I remember seeing fucking Terminator 2 very early, like six, seven years old maybe. Um, that's also an incredible movie. Um, what did I... I remember... <laughs> There's some story I've been told, I don't really remember it now, but I was watching Animal Farm, which I think is animated of the, you know, the book. Um, and my little sister and I cried when I th- they took the horse away, I think, to be made into glue. And we cried for so long that the neighbour came round, next door neighbour, knocked on and was like, hey, is everything cool? Like, I thought that your parents were dead, like, for how long you've been crying. Um, yeah, that's the, that's what I can remember anyway. What was the film that scared you the most? Um, I I like to go and watch horror films when I'm hungover. Um, because I think if you're just totally with it, if your wits are about you, then I struggle to like, I do want, I've no moral opposition to being scared by scary film. I'm not one of these like, it's only fucking film in it, kid. Like, you don't want to go on a roller coaster like, you're safe, there's no reason to be scared of it. And you just around the loop de loop, just like, everything's very controlled. This has been done a million times. It's not exhilarating at all. So I want to let the horror film do what it, it wants to do to me. Unfortunately, it's a quite a trashy genre. So a lot of the films are like really difficult to sit through if you're just a film fan. Um, but yeah, one, uh, that I saw really hungover was, um, Hereditary and the screening was spoiled a little bit for me because I consistently, almost without fail, whenever I go to the cinema, someone ruins it. There's some pocket of 'er ne'er-do-wells, delinquents in the screen and they just are chatting and Snapchatting it. And I always think like, you've spent money to be here. What the fuck are you doing? And I have like, and then I just I'll go away in my head for like ten minutes, just fantasizing about dashing my drink on them, or you know, just starting something. And it's really it's sad, really, and it <laughs> just me skipping the film and just daydreaming about you know, arguing and fighting with teenagers. And I'm just like, mm, mm, just enjoying that fantasy for a bit. Hereditary was one really unsettling, really fucked me up for uh, a couple of days till I was sleeping right and my brain chemistry was back on. Um, what film? What film? Yeah, I guess that's it. Unless I'm, unless you're talking about when I'm a little kid and and then you just don't know shit and then you watch like White Noise or something when you're 11. But um, I should give more interesting answers, I'm feeling. That's the, that's the vibe in the air. My producers are looking at me, telling me, Spice it up a little bit. What's the film that you've watched most? Um, I like to re-watch films um, that have a lot in them, that are dense with um, entertainment. Wolf of Wall Street, I watch every few months. Inglorious Bastards. Um, what else? I watch... A, a, when, you know, when you're a kid, for people my age, it was DVDs when we were like adolescents. 
Um, and you would just let them replay. Well, I don't know if everyone did this, but yeah, I would just chill in my room with people, probably smoking weed or something. And then the DVD would just play and then the DVD menu would play, play you know, like however many times before it just auto replays the film. And you just let the other weekend, you can watch the film like 11 times. You just sit through it the same every time. Um, Butterfly Effect was one of them for me. Um, film that I watch the most. Um, I don't know. To be honest with you, I would say... If I had to say how many films I've watched in my life, it's probably more than anyone watching. I'm, I'm willing to put my list up against yours. You hit me with your watch list and I'll tell you how many of them I've not seen and then I'll add at least the difference in films that I've seen that you might not have seen. Um, and then each of those films, I'd say, typically, I never watch a film just once. There are... A bunch of films I've watched just once, obviously, but um, I'll watch a film three times on average. And then films that I like, that I'm like, this film is sick. I'll, I've watched all of them six times. And the top films I've watched, if you're talking about uh, The Matrix or something like that, I've watched it 90 times. Confident to say 90 times, yeah. Um, Fantasia, I used to really really watch a lot when I was a kid um what film changed your views on something yo that's a difficult one I think that was on the reddit it says that's from some a different season I think or I don't know who cares about that um what film changed my view on something hmm I'd say when I watched um, Nightcrawler, if you've seen that, um, it's it's got Jakey G in it and Riz Ahmed, um, and it's got the guy, the guys that did Renee Russo. It's got her in it. She bodies it as well. Um, and there's a scene with her in it um, where it's the scene. Spoilers if you've not seen it, and I urge you to go and see it. Can you hear that? Start picking it up on the mic. The amber lamps. Bring the amber lamps. Um, there's a scene where... So basically the film's about um, a psycho, really. Just like a guy with some neurological issues. Um, and he sees... But he's a driven young man. It's, it's a cool film. It's like sort of following a, a guy and presenting his story as like the hero's story. And the music cues and everything sort of put the audience on his side. Although... Um, he's the protagonist, but he's not a nice guy at all. He's somewhat sympathetic, I'll grant you. But there's a scene where this guy's tried to be uh, become like a news a stringer, they call him in America, or a night crawler, where you just film awful shit in the night, sell it to news, like local news stations, and they play it on the morning news. So they're looking for like bloody stuff and things that can, like, I mean... It's the theme of the of the episode that well when I started I was talking about people being addicted to that you know the news cycle and yeah just that it's that's the sort of theme in Nightcrawler a little bit where um, you know the cons- the news consumers the public want to be they want the narrative of crime creeping into the suburbs um, where they think they're safe or whatever. Um, 
and Rene Russo's character's like uh, works at this news station and uh, there's a scene where she's orchestrate she's sort of conducting this newscast where Jake Gyllenhaal's character's brought in this really um, unsettling footage this footage that any normal person's like who filmed this what the fuck and he's sort of done it in a sneaky way like he went into a house where he could have offered assistance or helped and he's just sort of stepping over bodies and filming shit and then they're running that footage on the news and to see how the news approaches because I imagine that is how it is maybe it's very Hollywood and it's not like that and it's like someone saying politics it's like house of cards did it kid but I think there's a lot to be observed and gleaned from watching this scene where she's going, okay, hit it again. Say the killers are still out there. Killers are still like she's on the earpiece to the anchors and the anchors are going. And the scary thing is the killers are still out there. And then she's going, cut to camera one, build it. Let's have this going. And she's just like, <laughs> like trying to drum up angst and panic in whoever's watching this show. And I think that was interesting for me to see and go, oh yeah, so... Certainly for the news, that's how it might work, but then just televised things or... I don't know. It's a lot to think about. hope that wasn't too dull an answer for you. I'll wrap this up soon enough. I'll not keep you too long. What is the film that means the most to you? Not because of the film itself, but because of the memories you have of it. Uh, I don't, I'm not very sentimental about films in that way. Um, I'd say it's going to be it's going to be something like uh, maybe that I would have watched with my pal Beef before he met his end um, yeah so he, he uh, so that for people I don't know I had a, a good mate of mine that um, he got knocked off his bike by a drunk driver a few years ago and uh we were into all the same stuff, music and the same art, same films, just same, same everything really. Um, and he, he used to bring round films and insist that we watch it. And he'd bring round his special monitor that he'd bought, like with next level colour display and shit. Um, so, he, you know, he brought some real, real hipster films. Stalker, is that the Ukrainian, like the Ukrainian one? Um a field in England, that black and white mushrooms one, you know, he made everyone watch some Terry Gilliam one. Um, he brought Samsara, which if you don't know about Samsara, you may have heard of Koyaniskatsi. <laughs> if you haven't heard of either of them, that sounds really like, you may have heard of Koyaniskatsi, but it's, you will have seen, you probably will have seen it. Like they've parodied it in like the Simpsons and shit. So you've probably like, if I showed you it, you'd go, oh yeah. I think I know what that is, but it's uh, a narrative-less, a voiceover-less documentary anyway, with just beautiful vistas and and footage of people from all over the planet, just all like sort of thematically linked bits. The, the directors, this is very hipster, the directors call it a guided meditation, but that, that's what it feels like. You just feel like you're having this crazy, trippy dream, just being guided through, and then you're like, oh... The, now it's sad. They're showing chickens on a conveyor belt. Oh god! Oh, this is not. This is a cartel member who loves his baby. Like, and you just 
I don't know, you've got to watch Samsara. He brought that round and we smoked weed and watched that and I trembled. Um, so maybe that one, maybe he brought 2001 Space Odyssey round as well. Um, probably one of those films. Be- they, they, it wasn't just like watching it on a couch together either. Like it was a, a special event for him and I think it made it a special event for us. So um, I'd thank him, but he's dead as fuck. What is... I'll make, I'll make this the last one what is the this a two part oh god I should have planned my answer to this one because I don't edit these solo episodes so whatever I say is going to come out what is the sexiest film what's the sexiest film there's a second part an addendum to the question I'll answer that one there'll be a better answer for that I would think um, troubling boners and worrying widons is like the second section to that question. So, on the podcast from which I um, harvested these questions, um, he asks he asks people what's the sexiest film, and they always come out with something like Jewel of Emmanuel or something, which it probably one of the first sexy films that I saw, you know soft core films if you don't know about it. And we'd all watch that at my mate's house, and we'd all just be like. Oh, boobs and it was just like simulate really badly simulated sex and stuff it was just like real tame uh, or barb wire which was i think pam anderson and you just got to see some titties but that was like i think the first wank that i ever had that i've cl- finished with because yeah young lads or la- yeah lads our age now will know this but when you first start rubbing one out at what 10 or 11 or something you'll spend a year or two years not finishing you just be like this feels good and you don't know what's going on and you just sort of stop and I remember this one we were like watching this Pamela Anderson thing on a TV or you know like a corner TV like a little warm-hearted thing and I've got like five of my mates all like strewn around this room with bed sheets over them all just pretending that they aren't jacking off under the thing just like staring just trying to focus in on the TV and forget that there's dudes all around and then I was like oh shit oh, so, something's happening, something feels urgent, and you just feel like an alarm going off, in, and then I was like, do I need to wee or something? I feel like a sense of something needs to happen here. So then I just, uh, and I ran out of the room into the bathroom, and I'm pointing it down into the toilet, like, <laughs> trying to milk it into there, like, <laughs> and trying to shoot a wee out. I was trying to, like, engage the wee at the same time, which is definitely not what you want to do because it's two competing little, you know, flows, and I'm like, <laughs> I think I managed it. I think I got there in the end. Um, but that's the type of answer that people will give. I'd say my troubling, because that's not troubling, is it? That's just like, oh, you, you, you know, you got your rocks off, your jollies when you were young. One of mine is <laughs> in Kill Bill 2, I think. Um, and it's Uma Thurman in the, in the coffin. There's nothing to do with the fact that she's in a coffin. What happens because she's in this coffin is dark and she's got a torch and she has to like punch her way out of the coffin, right? And <laughs> she... <laughs> so a torch is quite a phallic thing in it and she whacks the torch in a gob so that she, she's she got her hands free. And I just remember as a kid going like, Whoa. and I hadn't, even, I hadn't even like programmed my brain with porn or anything at that point. I just remember going like, whoa, get that torch in gob. <laughs> and she's like Uma Thurman's hot as well and she's like all sweaty 
it's kind of like, is that, is that sexy? I think it's sexy. And she whacks this thing in her, in her mouth. And she's, and you know, she's like grunting. And it's not real, is it? She's not die. If it was a video of someone in that situation, you could never be aroused by it. But it's not. It's just the lovely Uma Thurman playing pretend. And it, and it, uh, it was a worrying wide on for me. What was the... Uh, Another, oh no, no, no. Well, go on, I'll say it then. But, but if if they're playing this um, in court in future to sort of retroactively um, va- validate any uh, claim that's made against me of, of anything really, please watch the full episode, everyone. You'll have a right good laugh. Um, there's a film, I think it's Gaspar, and he does a film called Irreversible, right? So anyone who knows the film's already going, no, no, no. It's a film with a, I mean, forget the rest of the film. It's got a very famous, uh, it's got a rape scene in it, right? And again, it's not real. So obviously... If it was, if someone, ta- if it was written in the newspaper, I'd be like, "Oh my god, this is, oh, terrible." But it's a very attractive actress, and some sex is happening. And I think by the time I had was watching that, I had somewhat programmed my brain a little bit with porn. Like, there's a a comedian, uh, Nikki Glaser, go and watch her stand up. Um, I can't remember if it's, she has a half an hour stand-up called, uh, on a series on Netflix called The The Degenerates, and she has one called Banging. Uh, I can't remember which one it's in, but she she says, since when did become a sexy noise? Like, blowjob sounds in the past used to be, you know, something to that effect. And like, was, you were ill or being sick or something. But now it's like, everyone watches so much porn that, is almost like you have this Pavlovian, like, you know, dudes, the the knobs will just turn over in the pants, like, what's that? I hear something of interest. Um, and I think it could just be uh, a sad side effect of uh, the porn consumption that this scene in this film, this famous rape scene, and I tell you what, I wasn't even, like, tuning in just to that scene and I had no emotional connection to the characters. I think I was upset by the scene and also aroused. I was scare-roused. I was like watching it going, oh God, this is awful. And then my little knob just, just, what's going on? What are you watching? I was like, no, no, it's not for, it's not for you, this. This is a very upsetting scene. And my cock was just like, I don't know. Like, let's, and I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, regret bringing that up actually let's just uh, move on very quickly from that um i'll um s- sort of with the f- favorite films and shit is there a way to tie that in i always think about this this is p- uh, potentially not very interesting to to you but uh, i always try and think of some interesting title for the episode that could be that could have like a double meaning or be have some ambiguity to it um i'm trying to think because we've done like favorite films like a t- tiered films like the tiers the favorite the levels of film 
And then there's obviously the topical connotation to the tears. So I could call it like shedding tears or um, like tears in rain, which is from Blade Runner in it. That's a famous film line with tears in it. Um, blood, sweat and tears. It'll all end in tears. It'll be, it'll be one of them, I would imagine. Um, but um, I don't know. Let's. I've become embarrassed now because I admitted something. Is is it that bad to admit that the uh, the irreversible thing? I feel like if I'd have just said it, you'd have been going, ha ha ha. But because I'm like, ha, 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 then you're like, oh, maybe it is a big deal. Maybe you're a serial killer. Um, I'll just yeah, let's fucking wrap it up. Keep them short. I, I did a solo one just because. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Lockie D and all that. So good to get one of these out every so often, I think. Um, but got some good ones coming up. Lucy Deakin, singer, songwriter, performer, entertainer. Um, got my buddy, uh, the guitar surgeon, Jonathan Jake Ewell, Johnny Ewell. Shout out to Johnny. Um, Musicians watching, if you've got uh, a guitar, what you want fixing. Honestly, I'm not just, it's not nepotism. A friend of mine hasn't figured out how much to charge for it yet, and he's really good at it. He's a, a brilliant, he, know, he knows guitars, he's been around guitars his whole life. He's like just, he's got this honour code, it's ridiculous, where he just wants to he never, he like can't sleep if he feels as if someone even thinks he's ripping him off. Like you, you need to exploit this guy. He's gonna do make your guitar, make a shit cash generator nonsense guitar into like the legit shit, and he'll just charge like twenty quid for it. So hit up the guitar surgeon if you can find him on Facebook. Um, who else do I want to give a shout out to? Um, Sutton, uh, Phil Sutton. A mate of mine, he's been on the podcast a few times, got his own podcast intermittently when he's not suffering from self-doubt and, and then cancelling all his YouTube for a few months. So, I mean, go and check out his podcast if you if, if it's on when you listen to this. But he is running a comedy night on Sundays in the Northern Quarter if you're in or around the Manchester area. Um, so providing that's... Uh, yeah, are nights still on? I don't. I really don't know the rules. If the rules say nights are on, then this one is on. So Comedy Vault on the Comedy Vault uh, at Bar Twenty One in Manchester on Sundays. That's one you can check out. Um, I'll give a shout to. Um, is this a thing? What people do? Just do a list of shout outs at the end of podcasts or something. I'm just trying to fill a little time, and uh, I do feel grateful to these people I'm mentioning because they shout me out on occasion. Uh, Slay, Slay Tattoo. Um, Heart of Gold Collective is her shop, her tattooery in Manchester, cool little joint. All chicks in there, all girls, so there's no... Um, I've had a bit of a weird vibe in a couple of tattoo places, like when there's guys in there, and I don't know, it's just like I don't know, just dudes like barking, just like that sort of, you know, like a bloke energy. And it's like, it's got a different, like a nicer vibe, I think. Um, and Slay's just, uh, just lovely. So you'll want to go and uh, 
if you don't fancy a tattoo, why don't you just go and follow her anyway? Because she's got, uh, she posts like cool pictures all the time, stories with uh, <laughs> horoscope, inspirational quote shit. <laughs> I hope she's listening and laughing at that. Um, I give a shout out actually. There's a, it's ending now, so it's sort of a terrible time to shout it out. I think the final episode will be tomorrow, or certainly the final episode for a long time. But um, a friend of mine, Jamie Faulkner Curry, um, has a podcast called Serious James Podcast, um, where I'm on. I go on it like most weeks, but he's had a like he has like Premiership episodes with a guy that he knows. Um, I think he's done some NFL episodes with a mutual friend of ours. And I have such a great time on there. We just talk absolute tosh. And there's no visual component to it. And I think that makes it somewhat more freer in a, in a strange sense, in a, in a certain way. Because um, I don't know, you're just not even thinking about how you might look or that there's, there's a weird element to this where I'm sort of aware that you can see me. But on Serious James podcast, it's just uh, unfettered talk between two good old friends. Um, but fair trigger warning because we get into some strange territory on occasion. Although Jamie, he's uh, he, he can be uh, he's like the calming presence. He's like the wokeness, to, and then I'll I'll push it. I'll try and be a little contrary. Um, that's a good little pod if you like uh, if you're running out of pods and you're just like and then this one ends and you're like what do I do now I have to be alone with my thoughts that's one you might consider here's another guy that I'll uh, last shout out and then we'll we'll fuck it off Um, the lounge recording studio so Gareth Nuttall is his name I don't know he changed his social so it's like the lounge Gareth I think now or but yeah, a studio in Wigan and that he's just kitted it out. He's just made it fucking look sick. It already looked good anyway and now it's just like he's pimped it all out. And this is a sound engineer. Again, for if any bands are listening, uh, like watching or even if you're just like a hobbyist and you want to record a good like acoustic cover just for posterity to show your kids one day or what have you. Um, this dude, again, well, it's similar to... Johnny in that he it's not like charging enough he's by far and away could be charging so much more for what he does but he's just like a safe dude so he's uh, very reasonable prices and it will just commit so much attention and time and effort and love to your song your project your band um, I yeah I don't doubt that Probably some of you listening already, you know, if it's bands or whatever, already go to him. But um, I'll check him out. Um, yeah, don't know what else to... Uh, don't know what else to say. Let me know. Oh, as always, write in if you've got suggestions for um, for what you want to see on future episodes or I can react to stuff, send a video of your kid dancing or a picture or I don't know. That sounded pedo. Don't do that. Don't send that. <laughs> I don't know. It's over. The episode's over. <laughs>